I'm Robin Amlow, Managing Editor of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by John Cragg, Chief Executive Officer of MyHSM. John, let's begin with a very basic question. Most people don't know what a payment HSM is. Discuss. Okay. Morning, Robin. Good to meet you. So a payment HSM. So there are two types of HSMs out there in the world. You've got you, you, the, the first one ever brought out was a general purpose HSM, which is basically a cryptographic engine in a secure appliance. And it does things like PKI and e-signing and uh, used in the modern day for EIDAS. But a payment HSM is a specific hardware security module, which was designed initially by MasterCard many years ago, which was designed as an application-based crypto engine to do specific payment functionality. And what I mean by that is if we take a a standard card transaction where you go to your, your ATM machine and you put your PIN into what we call a PED, and that PIN is then encrypted at the point of entry all the way through the ecosystem. And every point within the ecosystem, whether it be an acquirer, an issuer, the bank itself, at every stage, the PIN needs to be authenticated. And it is vital that the PIN is only ever decrypted, authenticated, and then re-encrypted within that secure boundary. So that's just one function of a payment HSM. So when you go to that ATM machine and to get your money out, as we used to do before COVID, a payment HSM is needed at every stage. And it is vital within the payment ecosystem, that the PIN is never in the clear. It must never be compromised anywhere. And that's why the payment HSM is so vital. So back to your initial question, these are two very distinct platforms. They are manufactured by people like Talos and Utamarco. They've been around for many years. And whilst we do use both products within the banking world, they do very different functions within the payment space. Why, for example, would I as a fintech be looking at this specifically? Are there, are there not other payment solutions that I could use? No. So again, what, one of the great things about the, I think about the payment space is that if we look how it's managed and how it operates, the PCI group, the payment card industry, payment council industry, is out there to mandate, manage, coordinate, and look after the end-to-end security of the whole payment industry. And the PCI Group is a non-for-profit organization which is funded by the card schemes themselves. And what they have to do is they have to draw up, with input from a lot of specialists within the industry, they have to come up with all the, the standards and operational procedures which ensures the whole efficacy of the payment world. So that it doesn't really matter what the application is that you're using when when you go to pay, whether it's Apple Pay, whether it's Samsung Pay, whether it's MasterCard or Visa, the whole tracks, the rails that 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 payment transaction uses must be secure at every single level. So if you're a new organization, a fintech who wants to come up with some new payment application, as our sister company, MyPinPad, did, they have to get that application fully approved by PCI. And that's where we then get into the standard mandates that say, if you want to use PIN, it needs to be adhered to the PCI PIN standards. It may also bring in the PCI P2PE standards and the PCI DSS standards. So every element and constituent part of the payment infrastructure needs to adhere 
to the PCI regulations. And that keeps the whole thing safe or as safe as we deem it necessary. Obviously, there's always this trade-off between quick, easy versus risk to the payment. As we know now in the in the contactless world where they've now upped the floor limit. So again, it's the card schemes and the industries that are debating and discussing constantly what is this balance between risk, efficiency, and security? And where do we draw that line? And fintechs need to understand that. And if you don't actually adhere to these or, or be prepared to adhere to these regulations, you're effectively not in business doing payments then. Absolutely. So again, I can only draw any experience from our sister company, my pinpad, who've taken, I think, six years to get their SPOC solution certified by the P- PCI PIN organization. They initially said that we would never allow anybody to put their PIN into a COTS device, a smartphone, because they're inherently insecure. Although my pin pad, the founder, Justin Pike, came up with what they believe was a very secure way of doing pin entry on a phone with a, pay, a Talus pay shield at the back end to do the encryption and decryption of, of that pin, they still took six years to be convinced that this was secure. And if you're a fintech, if you don't get that standard, that tick in the box and that approval by PCI, then no organization is going to take that on and use it at the back end. And therefore, the real challenge for many fintechs that we now supply our service to is they come up with a great idea. But coming up with a good idea, as we all know in business, is is almost the easy part of it. How do you then build it, deliver it, and take it to market and make money out of whatever it is you come up with? And most of the fintechs are absolutely unaware of all the mandates and the security and the certification that they have to achieve to get it to market. Many of the fintechs that we that approached us uh, over the last 18 months, first of all, we need to teach them or educate them what the difference is between a general purpose and a payment HSM. Once we get over that hurdle, then we get into exactly what their application is going to do, how it's going to operate, and therefore what functionality needs to be supported by Payment HSM. Then (laughs) we start talking about the relevant certification that they have to achieve to operate their solution. And that's where MyHSM really offering the Payment HSM as a service becomes the no-brainer for these people because we can accelerate their time to market We can get them through the certification, especially uh, helping with the AOC certification process and deliver that service, which then scales as their business scales. So it really is a a great option for these guys, speed to market and cost effectiveness. I would hope so, because all that's right now stuck in my head from what you were saying is it took six years. Presumably what you've just described can be a bit faster than that. If you look at my pin pad again, the six years was actually writing all the documentation, explaining it to the PCI group, and then for them to minutely look at it and then put it into the test house. Because obviously every application of this level needs to go through a full test to make sure that it is absolutely secure and is not going to be hacked and can't be manipulated in any bad way. So you know, this is a long process. But again, this comes back to this dichotomy I mentioned earlier between it makes all the sense in the world to be able to use a smartphone instead of having to buy really expensive POS terminals. But before the payment council, which again is funded by the card schemes, are willing to allow this to be in mainstream and be used by people, 
they have to make sure it is absolutely as secure as it can possibly be. Because don't forget, it's the card schemes that are picking up the liability here. So it, it, it makes sense. But if you think about how many fintechs out there in the world are trying to get their applications and their systems into the market, it really is a bit of a funnel, a bit of a, uh, a blocker. Uh, but we have to accept that this is a good balance between accelerating, getting new technology out there. But we as consumers all need to make sure it's secure because ultimately, if it's not, we, we can end up p- picking up the bill for this. And I don't want to do that because it's my money. I want to be able to access it when I want. I want to be able to make payments when I want, but I want to be sure that I'm paying the right person and I want to do it securely. And that brings me back. You mentioned this, your payment HSM as a service. Are you trying to create the -the off-the-shelf solution so that if I, as a fintech, have got this bright idea and I'm trying to implement my bright idea, I can short-circuit all the angst and the agony of getting this security and compliance right by taking an off-the-shelf as-a-service solution. If you think about it, the first thing any fintech has to do is they have to do the testing of their application. So once they've come up with this bright idea and they're writing the application, the first thing they have to do, once they've understood that they need to do the encryption or the application needs to talk to a page, payment HSM for the authentication or processing of a payment, they have to test it. So the first thing we do is we have our payment HSMs in data centers now around the world. So a fintech can go on our website, they can sign up for a test agreement, and we can have them online testing their application against a payment HSM within 48 hours. That gets around having to buy a 20 or thousand minimum cost box and have it delivered and then use it within their own office. So that's the first thing we do. Once they've done that test phase and it's up and working and they know it works, against the the payment HSM and they want to go into production, then we can provide them a 99.99% uptime available service at a utilization fee, which again, we cut through all the compliance for them. We provide the PCI compliance and the PCI DSS environment compliance for them, and they can be up and running in a fraction of the time that it's going to take them. And if you think, I mean, we haven't even touched on the complexity of what a PCI audit is but an audit takes into account every element of your staff your processes the kit you use where you house the product Uh, the security is immense and it rightly so but what we're saying and again if we look at cloud as a as a generalization you know cloud just takes away everything in the old days when you're talking to a major tier one bank they got big data centers, lots of bricks, lots of mortar, lots of people. All made sense. And if you think about how quickly these these organizations have pivoted from on-prem to cloud, Azure, AWS, Google, whoever it might be, you know, they're still left with this small enclave of of highly secure kit called payment HSMs and general purpose HSMs, which are stuck in these data centers, bricks and mortar. The application vendors themselves are now moving to cloud. And in my view, it is absolutely only a matter of time now to when the payment HSM just becomes another consumable in as a service cloud environment. We don't call it cloud because of all the mandates and the compliance. You can't just log on and use it in the cloud, but we come as close as you can under the current environments. So fintechs starting out, we can take away all that cost, change it to an OPEX service charge, and absolutely 
cut that time to market down by masses, absolutely masses. John Cragg, Chief Executive Officer of MyHSM, thank you very much.